You know, I feel like people have completely misplaced the amount of information, or I should just say the level of incredible news that has happened this week. You know, there are all of the assistant coaches who have reportedly interviewed for the Wizards job, and the Suns are going to the NBA Finals, and there are injuries all over the place around the league. And and you know what? No one's talking about the biggest thing. That Ben Standig is back from vacation. Uh, technically, he's not, but he's making a, uh, a, a, a an appearance. Wait, uh, are you still on vacation? Yes. <laughs> but why are you I'm, on this podcast right now? I I told you. I well, I came I I came back home. I had been gallivanting. Um, so I'm back home. So it feels like whatever. So I'm I I don't consider I guess talking about the local basketball team to be quote unquote work as opposed to like having to don't grind tell out them that in works. your contract negotiations <laughs> uh well <laughs> let I, me it, let me find this i definitely texted you asking you if you were on vacation and you said no uh no i i definitely did not do that <laughs> um, classic but, um Classic. Yeah. I think I well, said I think I said last week that that you taking vacation was one of the most remarkable things. You just deciding not to work, and now and now I think this proves my point. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's not like it's not like I haven't. I guess I haven't talked to you a, a ton necessarily, although like other than like some text messages or whatever. But it's not like I haven't had conversations with random people about the Wizards or the football team during all this. Like as I would, uh, you know. If it was like on a podcast, I mean, the rest of the world is not aware that I'm doing what I'm doing. So people, you know, text and also like, you know, I, I, I like I don't know what most people talk about in real life. I only talk about like two or three things and those things typically are about these teams. So if I don't talk about those teams, like what else am I doing? So, so. here's here's we've got some controversy. So I oh <laughs> I texted you to see if you wanted to pod this week because I thought you might be back because I thought you were back from L.A. Uh, and I said, are you back from vacation? And you responded with a really weird, strangely ambiguous answer, which I guess I at the time interpreted of, yes, I'm back from vacation. But given this new context, I guess maybe it wasn't. You said, I am back in town, but still off the grid ish, which <laughs> it's, I, I guess I don't really know what that means. It's a very unclear answer. Yeah. Well, welcome to welcome to my world. Uh I mean, not not to bore anybody. Like, I'm I'm technically not back at this moment until after the July Fourth holiday. However, I have a couple of deadline uh, stories that have deadlines imposed by others that are due immediately upon my return, which I could not have dealt with prior. So I haven't written them yet. So at some point, I actually have to come back prior to my vacation ending to deal with these things. Thus, I will, the, hence the ish part, because I wasn't, I mean, I don't know when I'm doing this. If I'm, may, you know, if we talk for three hours, I made this today may count as a work day. So we'll see. So I, I have things to do that, unfortunately, the timing of are is like immediately upon my return, which won't work. So I have to figure out a way to get things done while I'm on vacation, if that makes sense. Hence the ish part should be the section of the podcast where we talk about Wizards point guards. Or there you go. Uh, you want to talk about this coaching search, which has some 
some news since the last time I discussed it on this podcast? Let's uh, let's do that. All right. So here here is the list of names that are out there with whom the Wizards have spoken or have um, expressed interest in. So I reported earlier this week, we're recording this at around noon on, on Thursday, by the way, July 1st. I reported earlier this week that they interviewed Sam Cassell. That was on Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, they've interviewed Willie Green, according to Bleed. He's son's assistant, played for a long time. Son's assistant. They've interviewed Willie Green, according to Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. Mark Stein reported they expressed interest in Jamal Mosley in Dallas. Michael Scotto reported that they've interviewed Chris Chris Quinn, assistant with the Heat, and uh, Hornets assistant Ronald Norred. Uh, Scott Morrison, an assistant for the Celtics, said in an interview that he, in, in a media interview, that he interviewed with the Wizards for the open head coaching spot. Uh, Chase Hughes reported that uh, Chris Fleming, Bulls assistant, was uh, interviewed. And then there's Wes Unsell Jr., who no interview has been reported. And, and I can't report that he's specifically been interviewed, though I wouldn't be surprised if he had interviewed. Uh, Mike Singer from the Denver Post reported like right when uh, Scott Brooks, you know, it was right right when it was reported that, that Scott Brooks wasn't coming back. Mike Singer from the Denver Post reported there was going to be interest in Wes Unsell Jr. And a number of other other people have have reported that since. Uh, Ben, my reaction to the names is something that doesn't necessarily shock me, but it's still my reaction, which is, oh, that's a lot of assistance, zero retreads, zero former head coaches in any capacity. Or I shouldn't say any capacity, but former NBA head coaches in any capacity. No no interims, no Jacques Vaughns on there. Um, and and that's in line with what I've been hearing this whole time, which is they're going to hire an assistant. Uh, they're going to hire somebody who is a first-time head coach. Uh, what What is your reaction to that list? And by the way, those aren't the only people they've interviewed. I, I know they've they've interviewed a bunch more. I've I've been told by um you know a number a number of, of people on the outside that that what they're telling people is is they want to cast as as wide of a search as they can. They want it to be extensive. They want to speak to a bunch of people. And I believe that first round of interviews they're actually doing over Zoom. So it allows them to just speak to a ton of people and narrow down the pool a little bit. So uh, there are definitely more people who have not been reported uh, who the Wizards have actually interviewed. It's not like it's only the seven. There are more. But but I do think that every time a name comes out, we're going to see, maybe with an exception or two that I'm unaware of, we're going to see assistant, 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 you know, up and coming assistant, first time head coach. You know, if we see other names, it's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be Terry Stotts. It's going to be like, you know, a Darvin Ham type or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, for one, you're just completely setting me up to make some sort of uh, one. They're going to interview 78 people total, just like uh, the owner did. He talked to 78 people when they did the GM search, which was just comical. Uh, but it sounds like we're on that trajectory here. Um, well, look, I've said this before on my podcast when I'm talking about the, the football team, uh, whether it was hiring a, a coach or, or this year a GM or you talk about here, like when and people get infatuated by, oh, I, this assistant, I want that guy or that or that person or whomever. And I'm always like, look, 
if you it is ridiculous to pine over some assistant or somebody who's never had the job because the reality is you have no idea. No idea. It's not a matter of whether that person is intellectually capable of doing the job. You you get thrown into a circumstance and you don't know how, you know who knows how it's going to go. You know, the, the Toronto Raptors promote Nick Nurse, but the, the other another guy who was on that staff goes to Indiana and he's he's ousted in one year, right? I mean, um Stan Van Gundy, he you know, he's had success in this league. He gets bounced in New Orleans. He wasn't an assistant. I'm just saying, but like even in general, even guys like you never know how it's all going to work. So the assistant thing, I'm always like grain of salt. No matter who who it is, I'm sure all kinds of people, pundits and others, will will say what a, what a, you know what oh, they really like this person, whatever. So I have no idea on that front. But I guess my one question that I thought about, and you know, one one of my bits on this podcast. Is that like you know the, the 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 lack of preparation, and I could not have done less considering I've been off the grid, as I said, for most of the last off the grid ish. ish. Well, I was off the grid for real, but now we're in the ish part of that. Um, I didn't even know about some of these uh, names until you told me um, when we talked about doing this podcast. But anyway, my question, I guess, would be this: like, like, look, I. I I think when we did that uh, before I left, and we did that story, like here, you know, the, the draft with you, me, and, uh, and and David Aldridge on the site. You and I did something similar on the podcast as well. Um, and I mentioned somewhere in there that, like, you know, they hadn't had they hadn't had a previous they hadn't hired a previous a non retread since Leonard Hamilton in like what what is like two thousand. So to some degree, you could say they were just sort of due to to go down this route. But if the general point for any of these hires is to hire the best person. Right. I mean, within obviously within sort of reason. Right. You, but like the best person, I don't like why would you shut off any avenue? Why, I mean, may, I mean, right. Maybe they interview at some point a a previous um, head coach. I mean, um, Steve, Steve Clifford's out there. Kenny Atkinson's out there. Um, you know, others. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's, I guess to my question is like, why would you just immediately say we're going to hire an assistant? Like that's not that they said that, of course, but that's just what we're based on the names of our that that's what we're asking that that that's part of this thing that like has my brain going a certain direction. Like I never believed that the owner would, would sign off on signing another coach to a seven million dollar a year contract based on just that it happened that way. And also there, we're, we're dealing with this, uh, you know, fi- pandemic situation. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, Smarter people will tell me if, if if these NBA owners made out during this time or not. But just from a revenue standpoint, obviously, it doesn't seem like they did. So it doesn't seem likely to. And, and, and this owner has two teams, uh, you know, three if we count the Mystics. But in terms of the Cap One Arena, two teams. And um, I, I just didn't see him paying out a lot of money. And you can get away with paying an assistant less. This is also the move he's largely done with the Capitals over over a year. Largely has gone the assistant or, or inexperienced route. So from a, you know, for, that's one way to look at it. And then, of course, look, it is possible that, the, you know, the most interesting person is somebody from that from that realm. Every head coach at one point was uh, – had, had had at one point not been a head coach previously. And have got, have got they've all gone on to, you know – and they've had these successes, Phil Jackson or whomever it is, right? So I'm not knocking the assistant route, but I just would say it's odd that, like, you would only be looking at the assistants unless it is literally about – we're going to take we're, we're, we're taking the salary is going to be on a haircut level. Therefore, who we're, we're going to skip the people who are going to want more money. We're just going to go straight to these other people and then we'll spin it out as well. We 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 uncovered this person and that's good for us. I think money plays into it. Some there's no question about that. 
there's there's no question that what you said about that is right. I think there are other elements. I think part of it is also who's out there as the retreads. Like I just I don't see them hiring Steve Clifford for this team. You know, um, I don't see them going out and trying to get St- Stan Van Gundy for this team. Um, you know, I think some of the coaches out there, like I think if Ty Lue were still out there and they were willing to pay Ty Lue's price, then that would be the kind of guy who you who you go out and get. Um, you know, he's still this uh, like young collaborative communicator sort of guy and an excellent coach, by the way. I mean, what a job he he did with that team this year. Right. Uh, but you know, maybe a Monty Williams type, like, yeah, you go out and get him, but I, there, there aren't that many sorts of those personality types that, that are, that are out there right now. Um, and especially like, yeah, Monty Williams has been a head coach, but he's, he's still the kind of guy who you'll have coaching a rebuilding team. Like that'll be fine. Steve Clifford, they transitioned away from because they're trying to rebuild. Stan Van Gundy, he, he doesn't want to, coach a rebuilding team you know he wants he wants to win games uh and so and so i think with an assistant if you're going to have to transition into a rebuild uh which obviously the wizards are not rebuilding right now but what's what's or at least not trying to but what stands out to me about this whole thing is like in this i just i wonder if they're telling on themselves you know where they they constantly talk about every time every time Bradley Beal wants to stay and every intention is to build around Bradley Beal. And I believe that that is true. I don't think they're bullshitting when they say that because you talk to anybody around the league and everyone's like, yeah, they will not engage in trade talks for Beal. So it's not just, you know, Tommy Shepard in a press conference saying we're not trading Bradley Beal. It's everybody around the league being like, yeah, they will not even they will not even engage on a mention of Bradley Beal. They're keeping Bradley Beal. And that's that's how you know. It's coming from every single side. This is not just one person putting out the PR and that's it. And then Beal has not indicated that he wants out. So you put in all those factors. I, I definitely don't think they are BSing when they say that every intention is to build around Beal. But Beal has not committed to them and cannot commit to them until October. And technically, we all know how this stuff works. It's always back channeling stuff. But technically, uh, they cannot talk to him about the extension until he is extension eligible in October. Uh, and and that's not, you know, he can't sign that extension until October. And that extension is not, it's close to the most lucrative option for him but he could technically stand to make more money if he waits until free agency, which is a very risky game for the Wizards to play. And whether this ends up, no matter how it ends ends up, if 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 Beal ends up le- leaving the Wizards in any capacity, whether it's because anything of he wants out or because extension talks fall apart or because he says, you know what, I'd really like to re-sign next year, but it's it's the most... I can stand to make the most money if I sign a 35% max in free agency next year. So let's wait till then. And then this team ends up stinking and he ends up leaving, you know, whatever it is, I think you just have to prepare for a rebuild. And the fact that all of these guys are, are young assistant coaches without NBA head coaching experience. Some of them have head coaching experience in other leagues, but none of them have head coaching experience in the NBA. You know, this is the type of, of 
crew of NBA coaches you'd bring in for interviews if you were the Orlando Magic who are trying to rebuild, right? This is the type of crew you'd bring in if you were a team trying to rebuild. And I don't think they're necessarily trying to rebuild, but it wouldn't surprise me if you gave all those guys in that front office from ownership on down to the 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 three people running the the, the basketball side of the front office with Tommy Shepard and Sashi Brown and Daniel Medina to everybody else below him. If you give them all true serum, it wouldn't surprise me if they said that a potential rebuild was on their mind because that's just, that's what this, this group of candidates is implying. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you go down the assistant rat, I mean, like, and it should be on their mind, by the way, there were 34 and 38 last year. Like it, it should be, at the very least, on their mind. Right. I, you know, that's the thing, right? There's like, I mentioned the money a second ago with regards to why it could be an assistant route as opposed to a, 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 a retread type. Um, and th- that uncertainty, as you discussed, is definitely factors into this. All right, my cat is like screaming at me. Can I hope you hopefully cannot hear this. He's been very talkative the, since I the cat came is back. very much on the grid ish. Yes, he is he is he is very much on the grid. Um clawing so at the grid. <laughs> yes. Uh absolutely. So I mean like like putting aside what the wizards hopes and dreams are, like, you know, if you're if you're a if you are a former head coach, like Look, there might be some people who'd be like, I'd be desperately take any job, just do it again. But others might say, hey, look, I've done this job before. I know what it takes to get it done, meaning I know the the, the pitfalls that exist, and I'm not going to go into a situation in which I don't have maybe not control, but I don't I can't do things a certain way if I want to succeed. Maybe I'll never get it again, and that's and that's okay. But like, I'm not going to put myself out there again like that, and 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 be you know whatever it is, have a have one or two hits, uh, hands tied behind my back. And if you're uh, if you're looking at the Wizards, you think. Well, wait, if they trade Bradley Beal, which is, you know, again, there's no reason to think it is happening except for the fact that it is clearly uh, something that has to be considered for all the reasons we've discussed a hundred times. That would be a really weird deal to take this job thinking you have a chance to make the playoffs and, and maybe do some damage if everything goes right to, oh, wait, now all of a sudden we're Russell Westbrook and a bunch of kids. So that would, I'm sure, turn some people off. At a base level, but uh, and maybe even some assistants, right? I mean, there are every year there are there's always some the hotter hot assistants um, that, that that have a shop, but you know others may say, well, you know, whatever, I, I, this is my chance to to get in there and I'll and I'll make it uh, and I'll make it work. So um, I, I think you make a good point though in terms of like what does their does their list only show does their list sort of show that maybe they're thinking they're heading towards some sort of a a rebuild that that's what's interesting about this also is like we you know part of this job is we have to try to read between the lines and try to figure out what's important what matters what is going to be the driving force and you know i just we just mentioned the money a second ago that could be a factor if, if the owner is not going to be willing to spend x amount of dollars on it then you're automatically limiting the, the the people in this position there's also a thing we've discussed many times what is the what is the main goal the main goal they may say it's winning a title, and that's everybody's goal, but do you take the steps to get there or not? I believe, I've said this before, their goal is making the playoffs and then see what happens. To make the playoffs, it is a much, I'm not saying nothing is easy, but like it, it is a simpler path 
to take somebody who's already done this job before and go that route than taking an assistant and having a situation like the like the Pacers this year where then they had a lot of injuries as well but like clearly they had issues there to the point that they fired their their new coach I, I think an assistant brings in a whole bunch of unknown variables but it doesn't seem like that's that they're unwilling to do that since like you said that the moment that's all they're as far as we know, that's all they're interviewing. So I do think that, that that's interesting um, as 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 well. I, he, here's the one thing I was thinking about. Like we, we went through the GM search two years ago. Took forever. I don't remember exactly exactly how long it took. But, man, I mean, it was, you know, I don't know. It was three, three and months, a half months. Years. It, was, it was about three and a half months Tommy Shepard was the interim. Right. Forget the fact that they ended up hiring the guy who was already in the building, but just the fact that it took that long, whatever. Right. Um, that felt kind of ridiculous, <laughs> to say the least. This one doesn't feel as ridiculous, maybe in part because there no, are other this people timing out there. Is, this is a totally normal timeline. They've interviewed a bunch of people and it's been a couple of weeks. It's pretty normal. Right. Right. So I don't think that part that that part doesn't doesn't phase me. I'm just I'm not I'm definitely not going to get caught up in they, when they come out and say they interviewed X amount of people and they, they try to use that as some sort of signal that they did a hard target search. You know, insert Tommy Lee Jones voice here of every doghouse, outhouse, penthouse looking for the best person. Uh, but um, so I don't I don't have an issue with the, with the, the with that aspect, but this does need to get done here at some point. I mean, the draft and, and free agency isn't that far off. And now that you're moving on from Scott Brooks, it is a new person. You you know you need this person's input's got to be involved. I mean, having one or two interviews does not is not going to tell you how somebody exactly thinks about ten different draft prospects or whether they want this free agent or that free. I mean, you know, you, you, there's a lot to do. So they still need. I do think this needs to get going, but at the same point, I mean, it's it's. Um, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel as bad as the last time. But again, the last time was just so insane. But <laughs> looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The last time was absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any sort of insanity to this process. I think, look, I mean, I think going after assistance is fine. I mean, I, I 100% agree with you on like I have no reaction to any when I when I tweeted out the Sam Cassell news, you know, Wizards fans were so excited and they're all quote tweeting like, yeah, go get Sam Cassell. I get why fans get really excited about Sam Cassell. He was a really good player and he uh, he was a Wizards assistant for five years. I know he and Beal are really tight. He's well respected. Everybody says he's a very good assistant coach. Totally get why fans are excited about it, but like you just don't know. There being an assistant coach is a different job than being a head coach and being a great assistant coach does not always predict being a great head coach. And by the way, sometimes not being a great assistant coach, you can still become a great head coach. It's a different skill. There's so much I remember I was talking to to Jarrell Christian who is an assistant coach with the Wizards the last couple of seasons and before that was the head coach of the Wizards G League team the Capital City Go-Go for one year 
Uh, and I've known Jarrell for a while because he was an assistant coach on the Thunder's G League team when I was in Oklahoma City as well. Now, I was talking to Jarrell Christian, and and I asked him the most surprising part. This was this was after he was a head coach of the G League team, and and I in 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 DC, and I asked him what like the most surprising part of being a head coach was, and he immediately says, "How little basketball stuff you actually have to do." He was like 20, 30% of your job is basketball stuff. And the rest is you're like a CEO. It's just, it's just management. It's setting up meetings. It's making sure this guy knows he's supposed to do this. And this girl knows she's supposed to do this. And, and just like, here are all the things that we have to do for the day. And here are all of the, the goals we want to accomplish. And I got to run this meeting and then I got to run this meeting and here's what I want to say. And here's how I want to do it. And that's like, oh yeah, I also have to strategize my pick and roll coverage against this team we're playing tonight. And and he he talked about how much of it is just like it's a management job, even more than it's a basketball coaching job, which when you're an assistant coach, it's a lot more, you know, maybe you're an associate head coach, maybe teams start to give you some of those responsibilities, you know, because that's maybe they're grooming you or or maybe they really like you and think you're really good at that. And, and maybe you get more of those responsibilities. But an assistant coach, the ratio is very different. There's a lot more basketball involved in that job than there is management involved in that job. And so they're just it's really hard to predict who's going to be really good and who's not going to be really good. And And there are people who, as an assistant, you hear, you know, they're actually not that they're actually not that good. And then they become head coaches and they're quite good head coaches. And there are people the opposite where they're, they're great. They're awesome. They're going to be awesome. And you hear this from people they work with, you know, people who, if anybody knows these people know, and then it turns out they're not very good as an assistant coach for whatever the reason, as a head coach for whatever the reason. So for us on the outside, it's like Sam Cassell has the credentials. He is credentialed to be, a head coach. If he gets a head coaching, I mean, he's been this, he's put in the time. He's been the assistant coach for 12 years, but most people who put in assistant coaching for 12 years don't become head coaches. There are only 30 jobs out there. You know, I could not tell you if Sam Cassell or Willie Green or Wes Unsell Jr. or Jamal Mosley or Chris Quinn or Scott Morrison, I could not tell you if any of those guys would be a better head coach than the other ones. The only head, the only possible candidates I feel like I could have any sort of credible opinion on if they'd be good or not good are the ones who have actually been head coaches before because you've just seen the body of work, you know, and even sometimes that's different. I mean, so much of being a head coach is particular to the situation. There are, I'm a strong believer that there are only a small handful of coaches out there who are just great independent of the situation. There's Greg Popovich, there's Eric Spolstra, maybe a couple others out there who are just great independent of the situation. Even for them, it fluctuates. Some coaches are great coaches for certain players and terrible coaches for other players. And that describes most people who get to the level of being able to become a head coach. Some are just, I guess, terrible regardless, but that's very rare. And some are incredible regardless, and that's also very rare. Uh, but you look at the example I like to use is Lionel Hollins, who was an absolutely fantastic coach for those grit and grind Grizzlies teams. He meshed wonderfully with Zach Randolph's personality, Mike Conley's personality, Tony Allen's personality, where those teams just wanted to annoy you and fight you for 48 minutes every night. And so did Lionel Hollins every single night. And he 
helped form that team personality. That team's personality. He, 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 he mended great defensive schemes. I mean, that those teams were really good every single year. They get to a Western Conference Finals, and then he ends up getting let go in Memphis, and he goes to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was a disaster. It was terrible. The players did not respond to him at all. Darren Williams didn't respond to him at all. Brooke Lopez didn't respond to him at all. Uh, and and those teams just completely fell off, and he ended up getting fired in the middle of the year of, I forget what year it was that he was there. That would have been the 15-16 season that he gets fired in the middle of the year. And I don't think Lionel Hollins was any worse of a coach in Brooklyn than he was in Memphis. But he was a great coach for those players in Memphis, and he was a bad coach for those players in Brooklyn. And 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 that's a guy who the Nets looked at and thought, look at the job he did in Memphis. Let's bring him in. And there was actual data of him as a head coach there. There was a sample you could judge of him as a head coach. It's 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 really difficult. It's really easy to mess up. And for us on the outside, uh, it's it's really hard to judge how an assistant's going to be. So um, that's my passionate plea for why I'm not going to be passionate. I, I I like it. I mean, and just to sort of two like two broad examples, I always think about you know if Bill Belichick is considered the greatest NFL coach of all time, let's not forget it didn't work out for him in Cleveland, and uh, and then you look at a guy like Joe Torre. You're a Yankees fan, you know. Joe Torre was the manager of a Yankees team that won what what uh, four World Series? Yeah, four, and that, and went that was to his, the World Series six times. That was his fourth stop. He had already I don't know if he was technically fired from all these places, but I assume he was. He had already been with the Mets, the Braves, and the Cardinals. And while he had had some success there, not enough to suggest that he would be a guy that would be a a, a manager of a team that went on to win four World Series. But, you know, whatever. Timing is everything. And and maybe, like you said, you know, you learn along the way and whatever. So When he got the Yankee job in 96, I forget if it was the Post or the Daily News, uh, ran ran a, a famous headline, Clueless Joe. And then he ended up being their manager for 12 years, and they won six pennants. So... Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's always it's always it's hard to say if you have good talent and you can and you can work with it. That's obviously going to go a long way. And, uh, you know, and like, you know, it's also like, you know, to that point here with the Wizards, you know, there is a, we've talked before. There's a very specific thing beyond the Bradley Beal. And, and you know, can you develop some of the younger guys? You know, the Russell Westbrook thing is a big deal. And like finding a person who is going to be able to, you know, like Russell Westbrook, one of those people that if something works or doesn't work, that will be a thing that people point to when they re- when they tell this coach's story to say, oh, boy, what well, he had a, such a great relationship with Westbrook. That's why the Wizards were able to be a six seed two years in a row. Or, wow, the Wizards flamed out so bad and because the coach couldn't get couldn't figure out how to make Westbrook work, whatever. Like that's that's going to be a pivotal thing. Um, and so, yeah, there's always at every job has some circumstance and that's going to be. Um, that's going to be one here. Um, l- l- let me ask you this. I'll, I'll put you, you like putting me on the spot. I'll put you on the spot. Uh, we haven't named, um, we haven't mentioned Becky Hammond. We haven't mentioned Carol Lawson, um, or any female coach yet. Uh, there has not been, uh, whatever hires have been done so far around the league. There has not been, um, a female head coach, uh, Becky Hammond, I guess, has been interviewed. I, I think I want to say Carol Lawson was too, but again, I'm- yeah, Carol Lawson interviewed in Boston. Okay, um, so uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how that how that goes. Obviously, Becky Hammond gets tons of attention because she was you know the f- first full time assistant, and she's been you know in the in the league, and she's been you know uh, you know had had a big spotlight with Greg Popovich, and from that has gets a lot of attention. Um, you know, she's been and she's now been doing the assistant job for a while. 
Um, and from that, I think people just want to assume that she's going to get the job. Like she's going to she's do a job essentially. Right. I mean, and obviously, again, to the point of the assistant, like we all know who Becky Hammond is because of because of the fact that she is um, a, a trailblazer. I mean, I covered the league and it interviewed her and I've talked about that before and so on. So, I mean, I had a different connection there, but like she's known for that. That doesn't necessarily mean She's the best candidate out there. And to this point, she has not been hired. And of course, there's a bigger story here is when will somebody make a leap and hire the first female candidate? But I guess my question is, three weeks ago, it felt like, not necessarily the Wizards, but just in general, that this was, we were were maybe taking a step or two closer to this happening. And I guess you could say, even if nobody gets hired, just the fact that Becky Hammond and Carol Lawson, at least them have been interviewed, counts as progress. Not going to argue that. But I, I, I guess... Now that I'm sort of coming back off the grid, I guess I'm not getting a sense that we're any that it's actually going to happen this time. And like I said, at this point, it's not been mentioned that the Wizards have interviewed um, a female candidate. Um, I, I would imagine by the time we if we get a full list, whether it's 20 people or 78 or whatever, that that will that 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 will that there will be um, someone on the list. I think Carol also would obviously make a lot of sense. She has connections here, um, you know for in various ways but i guess like whether you're talking about the wizard or just broadly around the league do you feel do you get any sense that anything is was that being sort of overstated a couple weeks ago broadly uh, where he was assuming too much or or do you still see with one of these job openings that that could actually happen um i don't know if it's going to happen this year but but i think there there was there's certainly progress heading in the right direction like I, I just I don't know if it's going to happen this year. There have already been Indiana got filled up by Rick Carlisle and then Jason Kidd's already going to Dallas and Chauncey Billups is going to Portland. Like those jobs have closed up, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if Milwaukee is going to open up at all. I mean, they're two two at the time we're recording this right now in the in the East finals. And, and I don't know if Giannis is going to play in game five. But, you know, even if. Giannis, let's say Giannis doesn't play in the last two and and they lose in six or something like that. I, I don't know if I don't know what that means for Bud. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Milwaukee job is is for sure going to open up. This isn't a case of them, you know, getting trounced by the Nets or something after they lose by 40 points in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so I don't I don't know what's going to happen with Milwaukee. And there aren't that many jobs left. She interviewed in Orlando. Um, Jock Vaughn just, it sounded like Jock Vaughn had some positive momentum there, but he, he reportedly pulled his name from the Orlando search. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Don't forget Don Staley was also getting interviews this year too. Uh, you know, the reason why I say, I think there's a lot of positive momentum is because in some ways it felt like, all right, we should interview the female candidate. Let's interview Becky Hammond. And I think that's what it, it felt like, or 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 if we were going to interview the female candidate, it's Becky Hammond, and I don't think there's a the female candidate anymore. Like I don't think there's a the woman candidate. Um, I think there are a few who are respected as coaches. Like I think Carol Lawson is very respected as a coach, not as a woman coach, as a coach, and I I think Don Staley is very respected, not as a woman coach, but just as a coach. Um, and I think they're getting interviews off of their own merits. I think it's, 
I think it's and and you know obviously Becky Hammond has has gotten multiple interviews as well and got to the second round in Portland. So I I think I I I think it's definitely heading in the right direction and I I would bet that we're going to see a woman head coach pretty soon even if it doesn't happen this year. Like I think it's going to happen at some point pretty soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened next year. Maybe it'll happen with Becky Hammond and in Orlando, but the fact that we're we're seeing more women get hired into these positions and seeing more women getting interviews now and getting more opportunities, like that's a good thing. And and I th- I think it's treading in the right direction, even if it's not at a at a spot where uh, you know it would be cool if it were at right now. It's also just right. like when you take gender completely out of it. There are just a lot more men right now in in positions of power because women weren't really getting hired to assistant jobs often at all until Becky Hammond. I mean, it was so rare that you'd have a woman even working at in any capacity on the basket. It was so rare that there'd be a woman working in any capacity on the basketball side. And now you have you have women working in different basketball roles a lot more commonly now. You know, Teresa, Teresa Weatherspoon as well is somebody who people threw out there as a possible candidate in, in New Orleans. And like you have a lot of women, um, you know, Swin Cash is working in New Orleans. You have a lot of women in growing in positions of power. And just just based on pure volume, there are just way more men who have been around for longer because women were not getting these jobs until uh, way too late. Uh, you have a lot more men who are have just been around long enough to acquire head coaching interviews and that kind of stuff, you know. And so, so as the Teresa Weatherspoons of the world have been with organizations long enough, you know, it feels like Becky Hammond's name has been around forever, but but in reality, she's been an assistant coach for for seven years which is not, you know, an extraordinary amount of time before getting a head coaching job. Most assistants don't get a head coaching job at all. Um, you know, it's not a situation where you start low and you work your way up and eventually after 12 years you get promoted to head coach. You know what I mean? And so I think just the sh- with the sheer volume of more women taking over assistant coaching roles, more women coming into front offices, all of that, like that's going to make a big difference. And I I think we're seeing women hired at other levels, which are going to eventually be able to, to place them into higher levels to where women are, there's, there are going to be women running organizations and, and women, um, as head coaches. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. It might, I, I don't, I'm up. I don't know if it's going to happen this summer though. Um, yeah, no, I I hear you. Um, the um, you know that that's the thing, right? I mean, so much attention gets put on Becky Hammond because she is the avatar for she's been the primary avatar for her gender. And the, like you said, the reality is, if you ignore gender and just look, okay, here are all the assistant coaches. Every team has whatever it is, you know, three to seven, whatever the number is. There's only there's only there's only there's a very few amount who are actually female and whether Becky Hammond is the, 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 and it it gets a head job or not would make her no different than the overwhelming majority of assistant coaches. Patrick Ewing is the current head coach of the Georgetown basketball team because he could not get an NBA head coaching job. This was a well-known discussion, uh, talking point for years around, around NBA circles, Patrick Ewing, an all time 
legendary player and coach, right? I mean, when you talk about the history of basketball, Patrick Ewing is going to get a, 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 a minimum a couple sentences. And most people who've ever stepped foot on court will not get that. And he couldn't get a job. When you talk, you know, Sam Cassell mentioned he's been an assistant. He was obviously a big-time NBA player. So a lot of people, it's not it's not a rite of passage necessarily. Now, obviously, when you look at something like a Steve Nash situation, they say, well, wait a minute. This guy was never even an assistant. Well, what, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, some some circumstances are – or different than others, and this is the way that, that, that it is. But Yeah, and so because- much of it is connections, too. I mean, look, uh, Derek Fisher gets a job in New York because Phil Jackson is running the Knicks, you know? Jason Kidd gets a job in Brooklyn right away. So much of it is connections and just who right. you know. It's like any other industry. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I'm not arguing that's necessarily fair, by the way, but that's the reality of the situation. Well, that's also just the reality of life. Like, this isn't even just about this is how I mean, anybody who's ever tried to get a job knows this. (laughs) So, like, this isn't even just about this thing. And, um, you know, also, you know, you made the point before about what what Jarrell Christian was saying about how so much of this has nothing to do with basketball. So much of the job has nothing to do with the actual basketball. I mean, in many in, in most cases, the head coach is the face of the franchise. That means the day to day face. Now, even if you're you know in a situation like the Lakers and you have LeBron James, who obviously casts the biggest shadow, LeBron James does not necessarily speak every time there's an availability. He does speak pretty frequently, but he doesn't have yeah. the coach, though. He speaks every time. Right. I mean, the head coaches are talk. So the, the head, you hear more from the head coach, essentially, than any other person with with that organization. And that's in you know, that's uh, that's huge, even if it's just from like a, a PR per perspective. It's not, you know, not saying, you know, necessarily t- telling fans to come out and support the team. But I mean, there is even some of that. But you want you want the head coach to be somebody that people rally around the players, but also the everything, the organization, the the fans. Um, you know, the, even the media to an extent from the standpoint of you don't want the media going, oh, boy, like 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 Adam Gase lost that Jets job 10 seconds into it because he was at a terrible press conference and and he turned into a meme and things like that um, and couldn't recover. Sorry to bring that up to you, uh, Mr. Jets, Mr. Jet. Uh, but um, so. So, yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of other factors that go into this beyond just simply, well, do you know how to you know, design a pick and roll uh, strategy? Um, there is, there are a lot of other factors, uh, for, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know who the wizards are going to hire. I don't think the wizards necessarily know who they're going to hire. Um, and we'll see what happens with Becky Hammond and the other candidates. I don't know. I don't know if the wizards of, I have no idea what the wizard status is with Becky Hammond. I know she interviewed with Portland and she interviewed with Portland multiple times and she interviewed with, uh, with Orlando. It's a good step. It's a good step. It's not exactly like that's it. And now, uh, and now she's done and she's done her interviews and she has to retire. She's there's, there's next year. If nothing happens this year, anyway, anything else to, to add before we wrap anything to plug? Uh, no, I, 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 uh, no, I haven't. This is the, this is the first time I've turned my computer on in 10 days, two weeks. So I definitely have have nothing to plug other than just, uh, you know, I hope everybody's doing well and, you know, having, having a fun time uh, out there watching the uh, 
NBA playoffs or whatever you're doing. Well, if you uh, want to come back next week and uh, listen to two white guys talk about <laughs> talk about the advancement of women in sports, uh, I will be back with a new episode next week. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. Um, what else? Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. If you're not a subscriber, leave a review. Uh, if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you can read my work. You can read Ben's work. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up for $3.99 a month. That's $3.99 a month at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and it gets you a full subscription to the whole site. My work, Ben's work, all the wizard stuff, all the football team stuff, uh, you know, NFL, MLB, everything. It gets you everything on the site for $3.99 a month at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark uh head on to itunes leave a review the written reviews really help give us five stars that's easier than leaving the review so if you really love the show you can do that uh or either and like i said i'll be back with new episode like next week i think i'm probably going to be probably going to be getting into some draft stuff next week because we've got about four weeks now four weeks from the day we're recording here until the draft uh, and uh, we should start getting into that stuff. So we'll be back next week, probably talking draft stuff uh, whenever it is. I'll talk to you guys then. <laughs>